It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Woohoo! <laughs> this week, starring special guest stars, the usual suspects, which in plain English means Nate and Katie Highfield and Rob Shirelli. Yeah, baby. Michael, I think I got cut from the marquee, and it's just the high fields now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I called it. Hello, everybody. Let me say hello to the folks in the chat room. Uh, hello, Lane Bellin, Nancy Cattell, Dave Friedland, Gloria Covington, Stephen Fenton, Darren Fletcher, Al Monaro, Cass McKenty, Brad Roseborough. Carl Wurzbach, Martin Gravel, Dan Weber, I think I said that already, Sherry, Marcus Milano, Music Mike, Andre Stepanian, Adriana Lucette. Okay, that's as much as I can do in the name department. Hello, everybody in the chat room. um, Hello to our special guest. Did you say Gwen Stefani's in the chat room? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said, Gwen Stefani. That's exactly right, Rob. (laughs) Oh, man. Are you guys getting us? Uh, yeah, you guys are. Somebody said, hey, Highfields. Hey, so you, hey. You see what I mean? You see how it is? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh so uh, I'm excited today. Um, I mean, you guys know the Highfields from the Road Rally. You know Rob Shirelli from the Road Rally. Um, I've wanted to have Nate and Kaylee on the show for quite some time and just haven't gotten around to it. We wanted to do this video uh, and have them on a split screen with me. Unfortunately, the uh, internet out where they live, because they live out in the jungle somewhere, um, <laughs> their bandwidth <laughs> is not that great. Actually, they live on the edge of the mountains in Southern California. And yeah. I, I think a gopher chewed through their uh, their cabling out there. Anyway, so- a mountain lion there do you know somebody in my neighborhood and i don't want to mention where i live but somebody in my neighborhood four houses away from me uh got video of a like a looks like about a six month old mountain lion roaming around their front door about a week or ten days ago whoa yeah weird huh that's crazy yeah i think i told you guys i've got a coyote that uh now comes up on our patio and sticks his nose on the glass of the french door looking in the kitchen like hey anything left from dinner (laughs) but the gophers have all been relocated so that's good haven't had a gopher sighting now in four days so life is returning to normal anyway i want to do a couple of quick bios here just for those of you who may be watching this uh who've never actually met these guys so uh nate highfield is the former lead singer of the band the good cheer and he met Kaylee, formerly of formerly of Evan Evan Brightly. That's hard to say. While on the bumpy road of an indie tour, that was the first indie tour that had a bumpy road, right? Um, yep. <laughs> the two became fast friends and soon after joined forces in life and in music. Uh, and the Highfields began. You've probably heard their music in numerous ads. Uh, it's funny. This bio is, must be a couple of years old because it says numerous ads like T-Mobile, Pay Less, and many, many more. I think there's like 20 more we could add to that now, which I'll ask you about shortly. A few years ago, this indie rock duo teamed up with multi-Grammy winning, multi-platinum producer, mixer Rob Shirelli, and they're tearing it up in the magical world of sync, especially in the lucrative field of music for advertising. Together, they are called the usual suspects, unless you ask Rob. 
Most of you already know Rob from his many years at the Road Rally and being a star on Taxi TV. But for those of you who may not be familiar yet, he's a multi-Grammy winning, award-winning mix engineer and producer with dozens of gold and platinum albums. His credits include Will Smith, Pink, Pitbull, Kirk Franklin, Madonna, Christine Aguilera, Ice Cube, Charlie Wilson, and Stevie Wonder, uh, as well as numerous motion picture soundtracks, including Men in Black 1 and 2. Say hello to Nate Highfield, Kaylee Highfield, and Rob Shirelli of The Usual Suspects. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Uh, oh my God! How do you, how do you follow that? <laughs> well, doesn't it make you feel important when you have thousands of people clapping for you, Rob? Uh, okay, so years ago, I, how many years has it been now? Like you know, eight or ten years since that fateful day when you called me up and said, "Hey, can you uh, join me for lunch with uh, Nate and Kaylee?" Um, and uh, I think that they were taxi members and they weren't getting forwards and you just wanted me to give them a little advice. Was that like eight or 10 years ago already? Yeah, At least like eight, about eight, I'd say. Yeah. Wow. So I joined them for lunch uh, and Rob just basically wanted me to give them some pointers about writing for sync. Um, I told them to go after advertising stuff because I thought their sound worked really well for that format. I also told them to study what former One Republic uh, member Tim Myers was doing uh, because he was incredibly hot in the advertising world at the time and for all I know he may still be. Uh, and for the first time in my life somebody actually listened to my advice and acted on it. Uh, and they, <laughs> I'm telling you, nobody ever listens but you guys. Certainly not my now, kids. Wait a second. Now, wait a second. That is, that is not true. Hold the horses. You told me around um, 2003 to start, you know, thinking about the sync stuff. Yeah. And, and I did listen to you. It took me 10 years, but I did listen. <laughs> well, I know, but when I said you guys, I meant the three of you, Rob. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said that nobody ever listens to you. Well, that's true, well, except you guys. I point out that I did listen to you. It did take 10 years, but I did listen to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and, and they didn't give it a half-baked effort. A lot of people are like, yeah, you know, that sounds like a cool idea. And they give it a little shot and nothing happens. And then they bow out. These guys gave it everything they had. Um, they were, I would say, even though I didn't like see them all the time or have as much interaction with them, certainly as Rob does, um, I think it's safe to say that they just like put everything they had into it. And it's worked out really, really well for them. And I can't think of anybody of the three of them that, you know, I think is more deserving. But um, so let's, let's, just get on with it and get right to the point, which is I want you guys, this is, some of the first few questions are, are reminiscent of stuff that I asked you on stage at last year's Road Rally. Tell the story about the song that kept getting rejected because it's a great lesson. Well, there's another chapter to that story we can actually maybe add to it today, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. The high field will tell that story. It's a good one. Uh, well, uh, it started off as a brief and we went after it and we loved the song that resulted from it um, and we turned it in and it got rejected right away <laughs> <laughs> you're not in, 
not rejected just from that the ad or whatever rejected from the company that we sent it to mm-hmm. they said they didn't even want it to shop it or anything like that yeah. wow okay so it was like <laughs> well that was not just a rejection that was like a rejection and the, you get the boot you get kicked out of the door they send you out at yeah. first <laughs> like there was the whole thing you know right <laughs> that's funny uh, so then what happened after that I don't know what happened after oh, that, that. Yeah, we so shopped we, it around yeah we shopped it around and we found someone to who was into it mm-hmm. and uh and then nothing really happened. Yeah, I feel like it was a little while. Like, it kind of just laid low for a while. For, for maybe two years. Yeah. Even though we all really liked it, we all kind of felt really good about that song. It just didn't, like, hit right away. Nothing really happened super fast. Yeah, it was about two years. And then out of nowhere and for no apparent reason, it just started getting used in many, many things to our surprise. And <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so give us some example. First of all, what was it called? It's called Bold. Oh, gee, that one. Yeah. <laughs> is it a fair statement to say that that is among your most uh, productive and most your highest income earning songs? Yes, definitely. Yes, definitely. So it just goes to show you, you know? And what's the, the new chapter with that song? Uh, have you heard of the new AHA drink? From Coca-Cola? I have not. Okay. Well, it's in an ad for that now, so it's it's cool. It's their new uh, sparkling water. They're trying to keep up. Wow. Um, Yeah, that must have paid like $50 to $100, right? (laughs) Because it's (laughs) Coca-Cola. Oh, man. Tens of dollars. Yeah, congratulations, man. That's like everybody's dream, I think, that does ad music is to land something in a Coca-Cola spot. Wow. Uh, we, were excited. we were excited. It's so cool. Yeah. When did that happen? Recently? Yeah, very recently. Like two weeks ago, maybe? Wow. Yeah. If you got to be going through quarantine, that's a hell of a way to go through it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you couldn't even go out to dinner to celebrate. That sucks. I know. <laughs> oh, we're going to be going out to dinner to celebrate. <laughs> we celebrate all the little victories which i think is important and yeah. we've got a few that we need to go out well as soon as this thing is over we're gonna we're gonna have to have some fun yeah but i think the best thing about this you know story is that you know i think if we let it get us down you know or if we didn't keep you know uh grinding away who knows right yeah who knows i think the best thing that happened really is that that song got rejected because that opened up other opportunities and forced us to maybe push it a little more and you know every time you get rejected you can take i think you can take it as uh you know you can you can either use it as motivation and and if if anyone's been watching the michael jordan uh the, the, the special on espn any sports fans out there that's a great great thing to check out and he Mm. he said it pretty well you know every time that he lost he just you know said it's not his time you got to get better he has to keep improving his skills and i think that's one thing to take away from the rejection is to you know just one opinion you know it's not it's not the end of the world and and i think you can have success and and that's a great example of uh, 
of really getting booted out the door. And then just... Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, and just, I, I think later we came to appreciate their honesty, that it wasn't something they felt like they could really use because they didn't tie up our song, you know, and it allowed us to still have it and to still like put it out in the world and shop it to other people. So I, that's another thing I think we've learned is that it's really amazing when you find people that are willing to be honest with you. You know, that's a great point. You know, a lot of companies might, I mean, just, just hold it and not tell you that, that they could. Not every song is right for every company. Maybe that's, you know, yep. worth saying, too. You yeah, know. for sure, for sure. I remember Nate and Kaylee were getting frustrated when they were taxi members that they weren't getting forwarded. And mm-hmm. you said to me before last year's road rally, Rob, uh, I can't remember if the three of us were together at your house or if it was just you and I getting ready for road rally stuff, but... Um, I was recounting the fact that they weren't getting any traction through taxi and I thought they were great, but you know, I never ever talked to the screeners about what they're working on. So I had no influence over that. And uh, you said, you know, I got to be honest with you now, looking back on that, they weren't ready yet. (laughs) And that says so much because yeah, you didn't give up and maybe you weren't ready, but you know, I I think you did exactly what Michael Jordan did, which was you used every, Every rejection is an opportunity to get better. And look at you now. Um, I mean, that is kind of, that's our company motto, too, is <laughs> we, I guess we got to get better yeah. whenever those rejections come in. Yeah, that's what Rob said. I, I remember really early on, he's like, well, I guess we're not good enough. Let's keep, oh, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> Let's keep doing enough. it. So speaking of AHA, the, the brand name of the new Coca-Cola drink that you now have a, a song planted on, um, was there an AHA moment when the light went on and you understood what the key differences were between writing songs for records or writing songs for your band and writing songs that would work in advertising? I think it was a slow, like, dimmer switch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there was no normal light switch. We had to just, yeah, grind for a very long time in it things slowly uh, appeared and became more clear, I think. Mm -hmm. I definitely remember in the beginning, though, like getting briefs and it would have like the word freedom in it. And we would find, oh, we have this song and it says freedom once in the bridge. (laughs) And I remember thinking, oh, it's fit, you know, so we've definitely learned (laughs) since that point, like that's not really what they're talking about. Just having the word in there one time, like they want, they want the feeling the free of freedom, the energy, the vibe, like the whole thing has to be what they're looking for. A lot of taxi members make that exact mistake. Usually new taxi members that haven't had the light go on for them yet. And they mm-hmm. join because they've got a stash of music that they've done over the years. And they see a listing that says, you know, must be about freedom. And they've got a song that they wrote 12 years ago. And it's got one line with the word freedom in it, and they submit it, and then they can't believe the screener didn't forward it. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm glad that you, you had that revelation because um, uh, that's a big one, you know? I mean, think, I think a lot of people are talented enough that they could succeed more than they have previously if they just paid attention more closely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um, not, you know, it's talented as, you know folks are and and um you know we've seen it over the years you know every year at that road rally i mean the talent is crazy i mean year after year it gets better 
and it, you know, but as talented as somebody may be, you know, it is unrealistic if you think about it. If maybe if you step back for a second, it's kind of unrealistic to expect that you write a song or two songs, send it in, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, everything just opens up. It's not really that kind of business. It happens. We hear those stories, but. It's a journey, and it's a very difficult one. You know, you really do have to apply everything you know every day of the week to it and improve and improve and learn. Um, and one of the, you mentioned the mistakes that people make, and one of them, I think, is that. It's to think that, you know, their work is good enough, quote-unquote, for sync. Mm. You know, because they, you know, are at some higher level or, you know, it's just, it's not that. It, the best people in the world, you know, are doing this. And, and folks that are doing well in the sync world are every bit as talented as the folks who are doing good in the record world or the film world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very high art form. And the more, I think, every day that goes by, I think we see that. And it is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. So I think having reasonable expectations and trying to learn it every single day is probably a good we live by it pretty much. I think it's a good thing to maybe mention, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the songcraft itself, um, I mean, I, I know that it's very different. Um, but when people move to Nashville, here's a good analogy. When people move to Nashville and they start learning how to really write country, which is something that I think takes at least five years of being there and working at it every day and meeting the, you know, the right other writers and you're writing up with people above you and learning a little bit from them every day. Um, have you now absorbed the, I hate to use the word gestalt, um, have you absorbed the rules of the game for writing for advertising to the point where you don't have to sit there and think about, well, we have to do this because writing for advertising, you know, this is one of the rules that makes it work better. Is have, Do you still have to remember those rules or are they just ingrained in you now because you've done it enough? Or are you just writing, or, or if I can continue the question, or are you like writing just great songs and just applying like some simple, like hard endings and stuff like that? Like, you know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's all kind of intuitive at this point because you know we have gone through thousands of briefs, you know, written directly to them, seen responses, uh, gotten feedback, gotten positive and negative things happening, and it all kind of slowly just seeps in and becomes pretty natural at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have to think a lot, I think, early on, you know, and, and wonder why things weren't right. Um, yeah, and, and to Rob's point, too, like, I, I, there's just, at the core of it, we just want to write great songs, and we want to get better every time we write a song. So we definitely have those, like, um, borders in our, in our minds as we're writing. Um, but at the core of it, we just want we just want a great a great tune at the end of the day yeah how do you pick your style for a particular brief or a particular spot um do you you know do you usually get direction on a genre or do you think about what the product is who might be buying it what the demographic is yeah how do you 
how do you decide if you're going to do like, you know, a, a contemporary R&B style or an indie pop thing or an indie rock thing or a singer songwriter thing? What influences that decision? Well, it's, so it's usually in the brief. Um, and if it isn't in the brief, I think we've just written to so many and tried our hand at so many things that we really know where we fit. We know what we can do well. We have production models that we love. Um, so we tend to lean on those pretty heavily. and then, But we'll still try stuff that comes in to just see how far we can stretch ourselves as well, I think. Yeah. Typically, we're not doing hip-hop or... <laughs> Or whatever. Right. That's, yeah. it's not, not, we're not great at that. <laughs> okay. Um, do you ever? I don't know. I think you know. There's been some pretty good ones, but you know that your point is real. You know, knowing where your strengths are, right? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, um, just so uh, you guys know, Nathan, uh, Kaylee, and Rob. I'm not playing any music on this show because I didn't want to cause any problems with YouTube, but I did send out a link to one of your pages that had, you know, most of your relatively current stuff on there. So people that are are watching the show today, many of them have heard the music and we'll make sure to include that link in the uh, comment section and in the description below the video when the show is over. Um, Do you guys ever create a song and when it's done or nearly done, go back to the drawing board and go, yeah, you know what? This is really well done, but it's not what we should have done and just started all over. <laughs> I would say it's not usually this is well done. It's like, no, this isn't working and it's we're banging <laughs> our heads against the wall. And we and it's like often we don't want we know what we should do and we don't want to, but we do it anyway. So it's like, ah, that's just not working. We have to recut that whole thing or just redo the entire track or rewrite the whole chorus. And those are painful moments because you, you thought you were going down the right road, but you got to let it you got to let it happen. That's like being in a six month relationship with the person you thought was going to be the one. And then when it comes time to pull the trigger and go to the next level, you go, oh, crap. Nah, not yeah. so fast. Um, yeah, well, yeah, you say silly things like, oh, I put so much time into this. But time, time doesn't matter. Is, is it good or is it not? That's all it is. Right. You know, that's a great point. I don't think anybody has ever made that statement on the stage at the road rally or in the show. So I want to repeat that, which is, you can't look at it from a time investment, you know, that that doesn't dictate the quality or the rightness of it, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wish we could send that out with the songs and be like, also, we spent two weeks on this song, so take that into account when you decide whether you're going to use it. I get that, you know, from taxi members who are frustrated with us all the time. It's like, I used a Grammy-winning engineer to record this, or I've been writing songs for 24 years. How can you guys reject me? And, and none of that stuff really matters. It all comes down to, is it the right thing for what's been asked for? Yeah, yeah. Um so how do you guys decide what tempo? I mean, I'm going to go through a series of these questions, uh, you know, like, what tempo, what key. So let's start with tempo. <laughs> I can tell you this. We're terrible at starting in the right uh, tempo. Rob knows that. Rob is aware of that. Rob is you know, aware. Every, every time we're like, check out this song, he's like, oh, that is way too slow. I know. We always have to speed it up, usually. I don't. I think we just get so excited about, like, it's written, and now we want to hear it done, and we just 
barrel through and we're, we need to like slow down and stop it. Um, how do you decide what the key should be? Start singing. Just singing it? Yeah. See if it feels right. Change it if it doesn't. Those, uh, are, those are moments, actually, that are painful, I think, when we've tracked a whole song and we go, oh, this doesn't sound good. It's in the wrong key. And we end up having to redo a ridiculous amount of work. Wow. But, you know. And how do you decide if it's going to be a male lead vocal or a female? Um, well, sometimes, you know, they'll ask for that. That will also be in the brief. When it's not in the brief, what would you say? I guess knowing our voices is very, very important. Um, my voice is super young and sweet. So if there's like a really happy track, a lot of times we'll go with Nate. Because um, he's got this really cool indie vibe going on. Um, so I probably, once again, it's knowing your lane, knowing what you can knock out really well. Yeah, I guess actually what she was just saying was it, we kind of uh, try to do a contrast a lot of times. So if the song is supposed to be sweet and happy, we won't put Kaylee's sweet, happy voice on it because it gets too sugary that way. Uh, and we'll, I'll sing it and vice versa. If, if it's a more intense thing, sometimes we can find a middle ground by putting her voice on it because it softens something and my voice might make it too harsh. Uh, have you noticed any anecdotal evidence that the industry, that the advertising industry, uh, prefers one gender over another for their vocals? I feel like it's female, generally, but I, I, that's just anecdotal. So. Right. Yeah, I don't think anybody's ever done an actual survey, but I'm curious. I, I would tend to agree with you. Uh, I pay far too much attention to details like that uh, when it comes to music on television. And I, I've noticed that, um, although I did see somewhere around probably 2011 through 2015 um, felt like there were a lot of male vocals with group unison chants in the background influenced by acts of that day. But I think it's, it's gone back to primarily or, you know, like 70% female, 30% male, probably because of what the pop record market is doing. Just a guess. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that so much of your music is kind of irresistibly beat driven and very punchy um, versus pretty and strummy. Um, is that your natural sound and that's just what comes out? Or is that something that you've found gets the best response from people? So you've learned to combine what you're good at with delivering what they seem to like. How did that, I don't know how to describe it, but it is, you do stuff that's, punchy even if it's like guitar driven stuff it still has a lot of rhythmic punch i mean rob could make anything punch too so that's that's one piece of it i think that i think that's our natural inclination just very rhythmic i listened to too much punk and hip-hop when i was a kid i think there's just it's all rhythm yeah um, Rob, do you ever have to tell them, guys, you know, this is like too wimpy and not punchy enough? I, I never have to say anything like that. I, never that I can ever remember. Did, no, I'm I think, sorry. Did, did I think I, these guys, their instincts are great, and, and um, we think we hear things in a similar way, you know? Yeah. And we each have, like, complementary skills, so, yeah. Oh, these guys, they're right on the money, you know? Wow. Uh, <laughs> 
if you the writing and production is killing. If you had to, Rob, if you had to describe a forte that each one of you has, what would you say? You want me to describe a forte? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's pretty tough, but I, um, I would say my forte is making my ties. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Mondays. And, um, I don't know. I think I, that's, that's really an interesting question. Yeah. I think at times when I get a song from these guys, I, I'm drawn to the lyrics and then sometimes I'm drawn to the, the, the melodies or the arrangements. I, I don't know. That's really interesting. I'd have to think about that. It's not, yeah, it's not a simple question. I, I feel like they're both strong in all, everything, you know, musician wise, like being great musicians, being great singers, being good arrangers and producers and, you know, it's pretty, pretty darn balanced. Um, I do make the better my tie. That's one. <laughs> that's true. That's undeniable. No one can argue with that. Yeah. I mean, the uh, another point along with that is is I think we've talked about this before, but like finding that uh, you know supporting role or partner or you know someone to bounce things off of at least everybody you know we're just bouncing things between the three of us all different directions all the time and that that's just the most valuable thing you can find like if you're if you're by yourself it's you could be great but you could be even greater if there's someone to really you know show you what you're not hearing wow it's a good thing you both went out on that indie tour huh <laughs> um, would it be fair to say that most of your songs are indie rock, indie pop, or maybe even pop rock? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, and I'd, I'd say it's influenced by that. Yeah. Say again, Rob. They're... You're breaking up a little. I'd say it's influenced. Those are in influences that are you know. I think easy to hear in the in their writing and production. Mm -hmm. So, I guess the question is: Have you gone that way stylistically in your choice of genres because it works best for you, works best for your clients, or again, is it because it's what you're naturally inclined to do, um, even if you weren't making ad music? I'd say that's yeah, that's probably my natural leaning. I, I think you would mm -hmm. say that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. You got to be true to yourself and what your own thing is. I mean, it takes years to develop it and to find it, right? But people, you know, I get a similar sort of question, you know. I've been asked for many years, what do you think you do best and what is your sound, you know? And things like that. I feel like, you know, what, you, what we're trying to do is serve the song if you're a producer or a mixer, you know? You know, and serve whatever the artistic direction is, you know. And I think that, you know, you have to... You, people at a certain point get hired for their taste, you know, in that respect, right? And and, and um, I, think that, I think that taste 
I think our tastes are pretty similar. We like the similar kinds of music. We like always love a great song. Doesn't matter what the genre is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we're I think we're really open minded people in terms of music and production styles. And um, and I think um, you guys have always been um, true to what you truly like. You haven't. You're not fakes. You're not trying to do stuff that you that you think is going to work. Like you're not like sitting with a mathematical formula or a list of <laughs> things that you know might work. I, I've never seen that from you guys. No. And I've seen that from some folks. You know, it's almost like they have a checklist. And, right. And uh, it never really feels right when you kind of do it by paint by numbers. I think you really do have to. People who said it to us about five years ago, someone said, "Might have Michael. They want a piece of you in every song." Mm -hmm. It yeah. was who it, was that? I can't remember. I can't remember now, but I totally remember that statement. Yeah, it was really good advice. It was probably me. <laughs> I was probably telling you the story. One of my mentors. I'm I'm skipping to something like on page five here, but one of my mentors once said to me, "Faking authenticity is like faking an orgasm. You can do it." <laughs> You can do it, but most people can tell. So, and my question to that was, do you have any advice on how to cultivate and or be authentically authentic? Because you're absolutely right. This is something I get. I moderate panels, you know, at the Road Rally every year. I moderate panels at the Hawaii Songwriters Festival. Um, almost all of my industry uh, friends or colleagues, the... the the word authenticity comes up a lot, and that's happened more and more over the last three or four years, especially in advertising music, to the point where the ad agencies actually want to know, is this, uh, you know, a studio act that made this song, or is this like a real band? So bands have gone out, or, or you know, people like yourselves have put out stuff as artists just to show, hey, we actually are artists. Um, how do you develop authenticity is something i know you've got to you know just let your authenticity shine through but is there any way that people who find themselves painting by numbers can cultivate their own authenticity i think we went so i remember as as a teenager you know it was just i had to be the most authentic you could possibly be as awful as it sounded whatever i was doing um but you know and then you know went through years of trying and trying and trying, eventually learned about licensing and thought, well, that's a, that's an easy thing to do. Make some, make some silly, cheesy music and I'll make a bunch of money, you know? Right. And, and I started, and that was like the approach, you know, the, the mindset I started with and all of the stuff we did was just kind of garbage at that point. Yeah. Like it wasn't, we knew it was inauthentic. We were going into it, expecting it to be that way. Right. <laughs> because we didn't, we didn't respect it or anything. And, of course it didn't work <laughs> and we had to slowly uh i mean we i think our uh, general thing is that we don't ever want to write anything that we couldn't find ourselves in you know there's no lyric we would write that we don't believe in right and if we, if we can't find that spot where we believe in it and can write it from our actual experience and perspective we we don't really write the song usually mm -hmm. And if we do, it doesn't turn out. Yeah. yeah, if you think the song, you said this a bunch, if you think the song sucks, then so is everybody else. You know? yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Um, and who wants to listen to inauthentic music? Yeah. You know, that's not why any of us are doing music. Interesting. Yeah, you have to be very best at everything. I mean, that's just, I mean, it seems like, I mean, that's just a, a life thing, right? So if you're going to do it, right, be, be, do it as well as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that a lot of the music I've worked with, I mean, shoot, so many years of making music, many records, I think, were, you know, less than you know perfect right so i get stuff i work on it but but i think each time i i gotta put you know i try to put the same effort and energy in and every time i work on something that strikes me as not good or not i don't want to say good but you know it's not quite there let's say i end up the better for it because it causes causes me to dig deeper to make the most of it and um, I, I think, you know, with songs that, you know, everybody puts their thing, you know, their everything they can into it if they're doing it right. And oftentimes, you know, you don't, it's just like talking on this call. Maybe not every word is, I'm not articulating everything perfectly. Well, it's the same with songwriting. You don't always communicate exactly what, you just do your best that you can mm-hmm. and try to improve it every day. And, and sometimes... I think we fall short all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple of days ago we had a song, the tempo was wrong, you know, I wanted the lyrics to be double time, and, mm-hmm. you know, and then before we got on this call, it was a quick rush to get something done, and, you know, there's all of these things that interfere in the creative process. And, <laughs> you know, because it's, it's, not, it's not an unlimited time that we have to do things, you know, yeah, uh, and I think people forget that 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 you you do have to complete the work. You have to complete mm-hmm. the song. You have to do the best you can in the time that you have. Sometimes you might have a week. Sometimes it might be an hour. Today it was about forty minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, let, let's and sorry, I did want to cut so you off, but you're how good can you do it in a short amount of time, and how much can you really pour pour into it? in a short amount of time. That was actually the topic of my next question. I'm going to modify it slightly because of what you've just said, but the professionalism aspect. Um, There is no hand-holding in ad music. Not somebody's going to call you up and go, wow, we really like that demo. Uh, You've got to deliver something that makes them fall on their butt and fall in love with it, and you've got to meet a deadline. And uh, how important are things like meeting deadlines, following the brief, all those little like point data points, if you will, or connecting points, I guess is a better way to look at it. How important are those acts of professionalism and the overall formula of success with ad music? Very critical. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, deadline. if you don't meet the deadline, there isn't anything. Yeah, right. yeah there's, there's nothing to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you have to be professional at all times. You know, you just, you know this. You asked a great question. And um, and we've done a, a number of different taxi um, seminars where this, this becomes a central question. Mm. Um, it always does come up, you know, how do you approach the business? How do you approach, you know, collaborations? Or if somebody wants a change, you know, this, right. there's this thing that, you know, um, 
that it always comes to my mind and and um and, and i you know like a song or don't like a song be professional about it yeah. if there's a change that's needed be professional about it if someone can't afford maybe what you want for the song well be professional about it <laughs> you know and it's and i think when you in fact we just went through two things in the last 10 days one example, right, they're laughing because I'm not going to say who, but one person handles something terribly unprofessionally and someone else handled it perfectly professionally. And it was the same situation, right? And I think in terms of deadlines, you know, turn it in on time because it's expected. And when they say by the end of the day in the ad world, it's five o'clock East Coast time generally. Mm-hmm. or six or something but you know in the record world that's like two in the morning the next day <laughs> right. it's a little bit different so you got to understand those the, the framework that we're working with him but at all times be professional especially when you're being um asked to make changes or somebody might be appearing to be critical of something you see we love comments you guys agree right we love to get feedback we don't always make the changes but by and large, we do because if people are willing to give up feedback and help us, yeah, you know that creates a great working relationship with, with folks, and things are always worth the try. Yes. Um, yeah, and advertising. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people watching the show know this, but I know you guys know this. I, I used to work at the busiest audio post-production facility anywhere on the planet. That you know it. If there was advertising done in New York, there was a good chance it got done at that studio. So I worked with ad agencies every day and saw how they were very indecisive. They're very creative people. And oftentimes in the control room, even just for something like a voiceover, you'll have the person who came up with the spot, the creative director. You'll have the writer who wrote it. You'll have the vice president of marketing at you know, Coca-Cola or Hertz or whatever the company is that the ad is being done for in the room. You may have their assistant um, from the company in the room. Uh, You may have the account director from uh, the ad agency. So you have, you know, somewhere around six to 10 people in the control room and they're trying, it's a lot of group thinking. They're trying to come up with what the definitive way to go is. Ultimately, a lot of times it's the engineer sitting at the console or the voiceover person or the producer out in the room who, who may be you know, the, the composer and conductor of the 30-piece the band for the jingle. Whatever the scenario is, they can't make up their minds really well. So that trickles down in advertising to people like Nate and Kaylee and Rob in the form of, we love it, but... Is it possible where you said um, shiny smile to substitute that with uh, I'd walk a mile? Well, yeah, but then the whole meaning of the lyric is just toast. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah, but can you do it? So um, am I telling the truth, guys? Yeah. Okay. So, how do you deal with that? How, when you've created this piece of art and put your heart and soul into it, and you've delivered on time, and you've met the deadline, and you're so proud of what you've done, and then some destroy it by doing something that just chaps your ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> how, how do you remake? There, there, there are moments where that's painful, but but our immediate reaction really is 
We're going to write another one tomorrow. <laughs> Let's make that one even better. It's never a loss because you've learned, you've created. If they don't want that verse, well, I love that verse, and that's the beginning of my next song. Um, so it's really tempting to be upset, but there's so much freedom to just do whatever you want to do in your next project. And if they're in the ad agency talking about a lyric change, I mean, that is certainly not a battle to fight. I mean, that's no. a battle that's already won. You just have to yeah. bring it right. across the finish line. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, oh, yeah, don't you want the money? Yeah, you want that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the money, but it's the idea of, you know, it's it's just, you know, it's funny because when I was younger, I used to think that my way was the only way. You know, I had a vision for a song. What do you mean when you were younger? <laughs> Well, well, you know, well, we worked <laughs> together when I was very young, right? Right. And I had a vision, and it had to be that way, you know. And, and you know, it was rough to deal with with me, I'm sure. <laughs> but then over the years, you know, I saw how professionals worked and how, you know, oftentimes one idea may not be the perfect idea, but it it does, you know, spark other ideas. And then and the, and things do improve. And then you see that there is amazing talent out there and people have different perspectives and different life experiences. And then, you know, if you can, if you, you know, this, you can learn from this stuff and you grow from that stuff, you know, if, in, in, in the way I could say it is, uh, you know, if, you know, who in the room, and I've said this at Taxi, you know, there were times when I'm in the room with Will Smith and he has a suggestion. I mean, what am I going to tell him? No. I'm not going to say no. We're going to try it, right? Right. So apply that thing to everybody you work with. Okay. The young artist, the medium-sized, or the big one. Just apply the same standard to everybody. The ad agency guy. You know, the person that's pitching the song, the management, the whoever. You know, give give it a try. It's not that hard. It takes way... One thing I've learned is it's way harder to argue it. Just do it. Yeah. Oh, that's, people will decide. It's that. It's really easy. That should go on a I monument. I learned that thirty years ago. That should go on a monument in Washington D.C. Like they should build something next to the Lincoln Memorial, and and engraved on the front step. You know, it's way harder to argue it. Just do it. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's almost as good as you could fake an orgasm, but most people will know know it. <laughs> um, Rob, are there any key differences? Uh, because a lot of our people are obviously homebound engineer producers of their own stuff, uh, and they really relish engineering advice. They love when you're on the show talking about this stuff. So, are there any key differences that you find in engineering, mixing, um, or production for music that ends up in TV commercials versus making records? And there may not be. I don't know. I'm, I'm literally asking this no fade outs for tv and film right well for advertising there's no fade outs yeah um no i don't think i'm conscious about too much other than that and i don't think i don't even have to think about it because these guys get it they don't give me fade outs anyway <laughs> right but from an engineering standpoint, um, I think if you're trying to serve the song, then you can't go wrong. Um, oh, that's a rhyme. That's a bit of a rhyme. I like that. There you go. <laughs> if you serve the song, you can't go wrong. Um, do you have any, any rules that seem to 
apply to like vocals up, vocals down, um, instruments that you avoid, um, a lot of hi-hat should be avoided, anything like that? I try to avoid accordions and bagpipes as much as possible. <laughs> you know, I can... Other than that, no, I don't think so. <laughs> It's funny, as I'm sitting here talking to Rob, I'm looking out the back window of our house. There's, I've got the curtains mostly closed for the lighting for the show, but I could see like the chimney of his house from here. And that just made me want to throw something at you. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> my you violence. Did yeah. I say something wrong? Was I, did I say something out loud that I shouldn't have? No, no, just the, uh, you know, it was sarcastic and in a funny way. Um, all right. I don't think so. I think engineering and mixing and, and all that, I, I mean, it's not like I would change the master fader volume or I would make something brighter or anything like that. There's nothing, I wouldn't say the vocals need to be particularly loud or, or, or quiet. I feel like most of the stuff these days are really records that people are making and they just happen to work for you know, they work for, work for ads and they put them in TV shows and movies. I feel like it's not like it was 20 or 30 years ago where there were jingles and, you know, um, you know, that's not really what we do. We're really trying to make records every day. And those what? records, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and think about, think about like the briefs you get. It's, they say, oh, we wish we could use, you know, this Bruno Mars song or this, you know, whatever Crosby still Nash young song. Like, so it's, they would love to use the real, you know, pop records, but they can't afford it. So. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is it unless you, well, you shoot, what do you think? Is there anything that I'm missing? What? You asking me? What do you think? Yeah. Um, I think that, it's an art form unto itself in this regard, and I would love to get some consensus or, or um, not from you guys. I think it's like writing songs for records. It's like engineering, mixing, and producing songs for records. However, you have to be conscious of certain things, like um, keeping the vocal phrases really short, really punchy, and really catchy, and maybe even strategizing where they go like in the chorus, because a commercial is 30 seconds. And it's not like most of the time your song is going to be the featured thing throughout the entire commercial. There's liable to be dialogue. There's liable to be voiceover. And the editor uh, who is cutting the spot is going to take your song and maybe just start it right after the dialogue drops out, you know? Um, so maybe you have to be more conscious. Or are you? Do you need to be more conscious of things like wow, we should save the hook for like the third or fourth line in the chorus. Um, do you ever think about that stuff as you're putting your songs together? Because you wouldn't have to think about that necessarily writing a song for a record. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, definitely. I think we think about, yeah, the placement of the hook, um, the line going into the hook, like what might they hear as that drops in, because sometimes they need that to set up the scene. What's the first line in the song? That's important. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely think you do need to think about those things. And short, obviously, like you said, too, it just gives you an advantage. You know, they might be able to fit something in more wordy, but the likelihood is they want to make one point. 
you know, whenever they use our bold song, they use one line, you know, we go big, we go bold. And right. that's it. You pretty much don't hear any of the rest of the song. Uh, well, you know, that's, yeah, that's exactly my point is, you know, while uh, Rob was making the point, hey, we're basically making records here. I think that's the differentiating factor is that it, it's a 30 second window that you've got at best. And it's more than likely a five second window where, you know, it's going to be instrument, an instrumental version of your song until the voiceover drops out and they pump up. We go bold, you know. That's the nature of the beast. Yeah, oh, for sure. I would also say that um, if we want to say more, we don't necessarily shy away from it. Like, we'll write the chorus that feels good to us, but we will always be very intentional about putting in that section that is more instrumental, maybe has more odds, maybe just says one word. Like, we'll make sure that that's in there at some point. Maybe it's a bridge or a post-chorus, or maybe that's how we get into the song. Um, but it doesn't stop us from writing more necessarily. Got it. Um, and do you write three to four minute songs like you would for radio, or do you tend to write shorter stuff? Uh, uh, my, I mean, our natural inclination is is about two and a half to three minutes. Okay. And we would do that probably regardless. Right. That's just kind of. It always feels like the right amount of time. <laughs> it's funny. I find myself still calling you know talking about writing for radio obviously I, I don't mean only for radio but um i'm old what can i say um is it true that you guys wrote the my pillow jingle <laughs> i wish yeah don't no kidding well, but we've been to one 800 cars for kids there you go oh that's a classic no I, no no I, I was sitting here late last night, like around 11 o'clock, working on these questions. I had done like a, an earlier draft, and I was sitting on the couch trying to just stop working, you know. And something made me think, ah, I can write better questions. So I came back over to the computer, and I'm about, I don't know, 12 to 15 feet away from the TV. And in the background, I heard the My Pillow jingle, and I thought, boy, whoever wrote that is like the luckiest, happiest person in the world. I know. That's awesome. I don't care how bad it is. <laughs> it's actually quite catchy. Um, okay, so uh, do you ever think about us? Oh, we talked about that, the strategy of, you know, where lines fall and stuff. Talk to me about chord progressions and melody. Are there rules that you've learned along the way, like, you know, don't use minors, don't get too rangy with the melody because it might make the vocal distract or something, you know? Are there any of those rules that you've learned that you could pass along to our viewers yeah i mean i think a really rangy flourishy vocal is probably pretty distracting mm -hmm. you know when they're looking for that one little simple statement if you're riffing on it it's probably not going to work um minor i mean some things need minor chord progressions i guess adds overall probably wouldn't be in a minor key right um yeah Rob, do you notice anything? I don't think. I think this good good craftsmanship on the song is is universal, really. I I don't know if there's anything I would have noticed over time that your writing or anything else is just you know anything revealing there. I think great writing is great 
writing. I, I don't think you could say, let's, you know, let's make sure we hit that, you know, minor third or, you know, right. hit the fifth on the melody or stuff like that. I mean, and, you know, your stuff, like, I mean, you know, <laughs> the other day we're on the phone and I'm, you know, we're talking about the song for, you know, our girl and, uh, you know, and here's, you know, Kaylee singing the song and it's like up in the stratosphere, you know, and it's like, <laughs> Like man, you know, I don't think we, you know, that's like that's a pretty rangy song, you know. Oh, well, let's try another one, and we find another one where we think the range is like this simple pentatonic scale, and it's like, well, that was still too complicated, you know. It's you know, I don't know. It's a, I think if you if you write a good, if it's a well written song and the melody is good and the and it feels right, it's what it feels like, isn't it? I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. Someone once said, if you serve the song, you can't go wrong. <laughs> That's correct. If you serve the song, you can't go wrong. I, I'd like to... <laughs> I don't know. That guy, that, who was that handsome guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to add an addendum to that. If the song serves the picture, you're even better off. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, and, and it sounds like you guys, like your overall approach is, yeah, you know, serve the song, can't go wrong. But it sounds like you've kind of grown up over the years i don't mean that to sound negative in any way but you've 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 learned you've matured into realizing that yes it can't just be about us and making the music that we love we've got to find this middle ground where we make music that we love that sounds authentic to us that we can be proud of but you've learned the rules of serving the picture so now stuff kind of naturally comes out of you that way and you get to remain authentic and do what you love and serve the picture is um, well, that's that, that's exactly right, and that comes back, I think, to that same word as being professional. You know, to do it professionally and to write professionally and doing it for a living, there's a that's a framework there. You know, when I was 17, I didn't have those same, you know, sensibilities, and I think. Um, like Nate said, you know, when he was young, he just did what he wanted to do, and that's part of that process, you know. Right. And then you become professional, and you realize that there are certain rules. There's a framework we have to within which we have to work. Mm-hmm. Whether it's for Rihanna, or you know, Bruno Mars, or Coca-Cola, or Target, you know, or Days of Our Lives, or whatever. You know, I don't even know if that's still in print, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, each thing, you know, and, and, and if I can just, like, get a little off, little off track, uh, the Callaway brothers taught me this very early on, and it never occurred to me, and I don't know why, because it was so obvious, but we were talking about songwriting, and he said that when he would write a song for an artist, if it was Gladys Knight, he would study Gladys. Well, of course, everybody knows who Gladys Knight is, but it's study her, her range, the, you know, the things and where she had been artistically. There'd be a history of music that he could, you know, um, learn from. And he said the songs that he would write for Gladys are very different songs than he would write for Teddy Pendergrass or Climax or The Midnight Star or The Deal. Different entirely. And the light went on in my head. I said, of course she of course it's different different artists right right so from an art from a writing and production standpoint he would tailor his craft to the artist because in his study where were they he'd know where they've been so he'd know where they could go right 
And, and that's a framework. You know, you wouldn't give the same song to Ariana Grande as you would give to, you know, Paul McCartney. No, you wouldn't give something to McCartney. But let's say uh, Ariana Grande or, uh, I don't know, uh, or anybody else. I mean, you know, Pink or somebody. That's yeah. totally different. Right. So there's this framework that, that I think if you're aware of it, it doesn't mean, you know, you, you know, abandon all your, you know, your feelings about, you know, the writing and uh, the integrity of the writing and stuff. But, you know, there is a framework that fits for, you know, the fast and the furious as opposed to, you know, uh, WrestleMania 77 or whatever they're on. Right, the different things, and they look for different things. So being aware of those things and just applying your craft to it, you know, a mix would be different that I would do for, you know, uh, let's say Pink as opposed to Christina Aguilera. That would be a different approach to it, right? Different voices, different ranges. Same with ads, mm-hmm. right? Do you guys agree, or am I just rambling on and being? No, no, totally agree. You know, and I think that um, I mix Kaylee's voice and I sit it in the track a little bit different than Nate's, a little different than, you know, anybody else that I'm working with. Each person has their little their little thing that, that, that identifies them and really works. And when you find those magical things, you know, uh, I think that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's part of what, what fuels the engine, at least mine. I love looking and searching for the little tones and each person's voice that like brings out the best in it. And you know, uh, anyway, I'm going off on a wild goose chase here, <laughs> but but that's okay. How long does it take you guys to do a track? Let's say I sent you a brief right now, and you went, "Wow, that's perfect for us." Um, and today's what Monday, and uh, I need it by Thursday, Thursday morning. Um, how long would it take you if you started right now to have something totally finished in hand? So what's today? Monday, you have four tracks at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's whatever amount of time there is. That's how long we work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It's amazing what you can do under pressure, though. I think, you know, I don't know how we get songs done in, you know, a couple hours sometimes. Yeah. Because well, this one take forever. So. Hold on a second. So the one today yeah. was some old song that you had to redo and you had to hustle and change a bunch of stuff because you had this taxi thing that was scheduled and then you sent it to me and we had to wrap it up and we were printing the mix while we were on the beginning of this call. And Michael knows it. Right. So we were printing it and sending it to you and sending it out while we're on this call. Mm-hmm. And the very first big thing that we ever got, Nate and Kaylee, I think they stayed up all night to do the record. And, uh, and you did two versions of it because it was due in the morning and they only told you about it the night before, right? Something yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, okay, so how many times a year would you say that something of yours is pitched i'm trying what i'm trying to do is find out the percentage for all the people that get depressed every time a song of theirs gets pitched or forwarded to somebody and they never hear anything back um 
how many times a year would you estimate that your stuff gets pitched and how many a y- times a year do you land something? Oh, many, uh, many times a day. Many times a day. It's pitched. Okay, many, is that like many as in 16 or many as in three or four or? I don't know exactly, but I'd say somewhere between the two. Okay, so, so <laughs> let's say nine times a day, um, five days a week, your stuff is getting pitched. And how many times a year do you land a spot that generates a check of somewhere between ten grand and a hundred grand. Well, hold on a second. We're getting into like some other stuff here. Well, so I'm ta- I just—I mean, we don't some... know how often they're pitched because we have we have a few, quite a few people right that pitch the stuff. Right. Well, that's why I was asking. That Dad, I was tell, asking for. In terms of, I would say if we talked about songs. I mean, let's let's talk about that first year. You know how many songs we pitched? A hundred. And you know how much? Got, how many got placed? One. <laughs> right. You know, um, and then the second year was about the same, except that next one was a was a good one. We got some money for it. You know, there were maybe three the second year, and then the third year, I think it's fair to say we had six to ten. Mm-hmm. Wow! Right. Yeah. And then. And then from that, you know, I think we met more people and and then some of the older songs people kind of took a look at. Yeah, yeah. So folks that are starting out, um, you know, don't get discouraged. It was, we had the worst luck. And that's what you started this thing with, by saying you want, we wanted you to, and this is true because I wanted you to talk to us because we, we thought, you know, we, we needed help and pointed in the right direction because we were having no luck. And the folks, by the way, you know, your guys rejected my mixes because they weren't broadcast quality, you know. And I'm like, wow, I got to, you know, it didn't make me mad. It made me, it made me just revisit what it is that we could do to improve. Right. But that was a very difficult first year. And I don't think anybody knows how tough that was. And it is brutal yeah. when the seed of doubt gets planted in you and you just don't know if you're ever going to get it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that, to me, we've talked about this. We know it was hard, you know. And... And as Nate mentioned earlier, we just want to improve every time and would say, but well, I guess we're not ready. You know, we got to keep at it and we got to keep improving because rather than placing blame and saying, well, you know, I did everything you said. All right. Well, sometimes you do everything right and, you know, you still don't get it. You know, you don't get the placement. That's a and lot of hard. times. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because... I want people to understand exactly what you, first of all, I know the three of you well enough to know that you're all really hungry to learn and, and you've always had that about you. You know, um, you've been that way, Rob, since when I first met you, you were like, I don't know, 20 something, I think. And, uh, um, you know, you, you drove me crazy. I'd be sitting at the console working on your stuff. And literally every time my, my fingers touch that console, you go, why did you turn that knob? Why'd you move that fader? And I'd have to explain it. But, 
your hunger was obvious. And <laughs> Nate and Kaylee, uh, I obviously don't know them as well as I know you, but they've always like, yeah, tell us anything that you know will help us learn and move forward. So I think that that's had so much to do with the success for the three of you as you know a unit and each of you um, severally is that your attitude is just so damn good. Uh, I, I know people that are as talented, quote unquote, as you are, but they've been largely unsuccessful because they do blame everybody else and mm. they don't look at it, you know, every failure is an opportunity to learn. So hats off to you guys for that. Um, also, like I- the members, you know, one of the things that um, when you started the company and you told me about the idea, you wanted to be able to give feedback to members. That was one of the big deals that you had, right? Yep. And I think that in you know in many cases, I don't I don't know if you've ever taken a poll, <laughs> probably not. But I would wonder, you know, how many times people take that on the chin and they take it, you know, personally, and how many t- folks out there say, you know what? You know, let me let me look at this objectively and take that criticism or take those comments and really see if I can, you know, improve in that area. Mm-hmm. And and I think over time, you know, especially for young folks, you know, it's important to 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 see to listen to to anybody and everybody's advice if it's a professional. Right, so the people that are working at tax, they give you a comment. The professional people, they're not trying to, they're not trying to be jerks. They're legitimately <laughs> doing it because they have a love for it, and they're sharing their knowledge. And you really should check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then over time, the more you, you know, become experienced and have a, a developed your own artistry and your own sense, then maybe certain comments you, you know, you, you learn to discount. And others, you maybe credit a little more, but but that takes that's a life's journey because I, I don't know anybody who who ever said to any of us that's perfect the first time out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's always little comments from just between the three of us. Nate said, "Hey, can you go back to that old snare?" Okay, well, I'm not going to fight him about it. Right? That was this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I would go back to an old snail. I'm not going to take it, but send it back to him. He goes up. That's great. Let's print it. And we're done. So, okay, I got it. <laughs> Move on. Somebody says, change a lyric. Change a freaking lyric, you know. Give it yeah. a try. See if it works, you know. Give it a chance. I you know, can... we're talking about being on authentic, the authenticity of it all. And if you really put yourself into it, you know, you you feel like there's so much on the line when the criticism comes in. And it feels like, well, I put everything of me into this, so they're criticizing me. But really, you're trying to express what is in you. The song is not you. It's an expression. And so it's a, it's an opportunity, really, to learn how to be more authentic and to get more of you into it. I think uh, oh, great. the answer to Rob's earlier question at the beginning of this uh, little thread we've got going here, Rob said, I don't know how many of your people um, listen to the feedback that the taxi screeners give them. I could almost tell you, yeah, I can tell you with a lot of certainty. The people who are successful have integrated 
the feedback over the years. They, they've developed thicker skin and they've learned how to integrate what they've learned from the feedback. And the feedback is not right 100% of the time, but it's mostly right, especially when you see three or four screeners over some period of time making the same comment, like your vocals are pitchy or your chorus doesn't pop enough. You know, after three people have told you that, pretty believable because you're right, Rob, they're not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to be jerks. They're all musicians and they actually delight in find some, finding something great. The people who don't listen to the feedback and who don't come to the road rally and don't watch Taxi TV, those are the people that join Taxi thinking that they can pitch two or three things. Somebody will recognize how brilliant they are. It doesn't happen for them over the first few months. They say F Taxi and they probably go online somewhere and say, yeah, I joined Taxi, yeah, they, they suck. Um, and they never renew. So over the years, the good people keep renewing and the not so good people, um, at least the people with the wrong attitude don't renew. So that's why the membership, I think, keeps getting better and better and better every year. Mm. It's self-selective. Wow, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Way back when I first moved to LA, I wrote a song and um, I took it in the studio. I was playing it and you know, Chucky Booker comes in and says, that's a great song. I really like that. Why don't you uh, put some drums on it? I'm like, nah, I kind of like it the way it is. You know, a few days later, I'm still working on it. You know, Gerald Albright walks in and says, oh, that's a really good song. You know, yeah, I can't wait to hear it when you have some drums on it. I'm like, yeah, I kind of <laughs> like it the way it is. And then, you know, someone else comes in. Like, three or four people come in, and then, you know, Craig, the, the studio owner, you know, hears, hears all these comments, and he's like, what the hell is wrong with you, man? But he walks in and tells you the song's a great song, and you keep t and they all say the same thing, put some damn drums on it, and you keep saying no. <laughs> Why don't you put, I mean, when everyone walks in the room and says, put some drums on it, well, don't you think maybe it's time to put some drums on it? So then, you know, then I put some drums on it and the song gets placed and everything's great, you know. But I mean, I'd still be resisting the, you know, I still think it's better without the drums. <laughs> you know, talk about, you know, the, you know, I love using my own stupid stories because, it just shows how how out of touch I was, you know, and how you can get into your own, you know, little rabbit hole, you know. And still to this day, I kind of like the version which was, you know, piano, strings, and vocal. <laughs> hey, Rob, you know, you know, what we have to do someday, Rob, is get. Um, my mom, I took my mom to the prom, which was a song that Rob wrote, and I worked with him on it back in like 1985-ish, maybe, 84, somewhere around there. We should okay, play I was about ten years before I was born, but okay. Right. We should uh, <laughs> we should do a taxi TV where we analyze that track by track. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll do even better. What we do is we we, we re-record it. We'll have Nate sing it, and Kaylee Kaylee will do the backgrounds. We'll do the whole thing. <laughs> we'll go. We'll do we'll do we'll do a three part segment. We'll do the miking. We'll do the drums. We'll do the guitar. We'll do the overdubs. <laughs> No, no, I, I think and we should do... And in Lasco, you, you put on the wedding dress. There you go. <laughs> you mean the, the prom dress. Uh, prom dress. Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Um, Kaylee, you got to tell the story about your dad. I love that story. I repeat it to friends of mine all the time, even people who don't know you. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, let me, let me. Oh, yeah. So our first placement we ever got was a Vagisil commercial. 
which is hilarious enough in itself. But it was a huge deal. Like, we'd been working so hard and teaching lessons, and Nate had to give up a lesson to come home and make revisions, and that was about a 20-minute conversation. Like, can we lose $50? Because we really could not lose $50 at the time. But we took the risk, and we got the placement, and it's amazing. And my parents have been along this journey with us the entire time. And I call my dad, and I'm like, we got our first placement. It's like, great, what is it for? Uh, it's not bad, just don't come on. <laughs> he goes, really? Oh, so I'm, I'm going out right now, grabbing the keys. I'm going to go buy a ton of it. Does that help you if I stock up on Vagisil? <laughs> No, but I love that you were about to go buy out an AMPM of like every single one they had in store. I love that you would do that for me. I'm sure millions of people did that, right? You know, as soon as we all got the word that we should stay at home when they went out to buy toilet paper and paper towels, they also stocked up on Vagisil. Oh my gosh. Should have invested. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, have you guys found yourselves to be more or less productive now that you've been forced to stay home? What was that? I don't know if I heard that. Have you been? Have you guys found yourselves to be more productive or less productive during the quarantine? Oh, the same or more? I would say we don't. We just don't slow down. I mean, it. it so whatever's going on with the world and with the business, you've got to just keep going. You've got to just keep producing and doing your thing and getting better. And like, there's, there's not a reason to stop. Rob. I agree. Same for me. Nate, same for you. Yep. 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 Uh, when you guys have a decision to make, luckily there are three of you, um, do you have, you know, any sort of democratic vote? Like, uh, you know, uh, is there any, not, I'm not looking for any like infighting stuff, but are there times where like Nate and Kaylee, you look, you know, they're husband and wife. They live a few miles from you. They hang up the phone after a conversation and they go, I don't think Rob is so right about that. Um, <laughs> Or maybe Robin. I'm Kay- sure that happens all the time. Or, or what about if you know Robin Kaylee are feeling something and, and Nate is not? How do you guys settle those disagreements? I only know of one disagreement that we've had in the seven years that we've had our company together, and that was when they wanted me to take more money for for something. And I said no, and we just left it. We just, that was that. Wow. <laughs> I don't think we've had a disagreement. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I think generally, if someone, if one person is not, is really not feeling something, then we go, okay, cool. Yeah, that's a big deal. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty ballsy. Um, what if the other, I mean, there are cases where the other two are going, I can see that, you know, Nate's really not feeling it, but I just, in my, you know, my heart of hearts, I, I don't agree with them. Really? You guys just let it go, huh? Yep. Wow. Yep. We know there's, we know there's going to be more. It's like a long run thing, you know? Man, uh, I got to say. And then the next time someone else is uncomfortable, then they'll they'll get their, you know, shot too, so. <laughs> Clearly, Nate and Kaylee will never need marriage counseling. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's probably the best advice a marriage counselor could give you is, you know, don't. So I'm not saying that's the way it works in my marriage. <laughs> oh, come on. Your wife is awesome. Right, because she puts up with me. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> I think for us, it's always been like, um, you know, with bands, you know, you have these, um, my kids' band is the same way. There's four of them. It's like if anybody feels really bad about something, then then just don't do it. You know, don't pull, don't play, but don't play that card all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people have to be, again, professional about it and understand, like, you can't, you can't fight every battle like that. I mean, you know, there's some big ones that, that we've been on the phone and we've, um, again, recently, we, it's not that we disagreed. I think it's about, at least with us, I can honestly say, like, we, we bounce a lot of things off of one another and, and we try to arrive at the right decision, you know, the right thing ethically, morally, you know, business-wise, personally, you know, whatever those decisions are, we, we trust each other. It's not about, um, you know, conflict. Uh-huh. And wow. it can be with bands and stuff like that. I mean, you can easily get into that. But again, with my kids' band, it's the same thing. If if one of the kids in the band doesn't feel strongly about not doing something, then, you know, they just, just don't do it. Move on to the next thing and find something that you all can agree on and keep moving forward because those things tend to be the steps back. And you yeah. take too many of those steps backwards, you know, you find yourself in a hole eventually. You got to step in some mud. You know, you got to keep going forward. Yeah, and rely and trust on one another. And with trust, trust one another. <clears throat> you know, That's great advice. Um, we've got nine minutes left, so I want to take some questions from the the guys in the chat room. So, guys, start cranking out your questions. If you could put the word "question" in all caps before you type the question, that'll help me see it as they go flying by. Um, and while they're working on that, uh, oh, here we got one already. Sorry. Uh, question. You have some really good electric guitar performances in your songs. Have you ever had to do something a little darker or grungier for briefs? Oh, have we ever had to do something darker or more grungy? Yeah. Question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm a guitar player, you know, and it's, I like getting dirty with the guitar, for sure. <laughs> um, somebody asked a, a question, uh, where'd it go? Oh, Dean Turner asked a question I actually had on my list that I hadn't asked you yet, which is, do you get um, performance income from the commercials? Yes. Okay. Um, and also I had, do you make SAG or after income from the vocal performances? Occasionally. Mm -hmm. That's that's real nice when you can get that, but it doesn't frequently happen, I would mm -hmm. say. Um, let's see. How many tunes a year do you produce? Mm. For ourselves or for everybody combined? <laughs> um, well, let's just say for ourselves, I'd say, yeah. would you guys say about two a week fully produced? Yeah. yeah. That's about right. So just the three of us for our own little team, a hundred. Plus other people, it's gotta be at least another thirty or forty, maybe fifty. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then for me is mixing 
which is a separate sort of business, I do another 200 songs and mixes a year, at least. It's probably 250. Crazy. Wow. Um, what level do you print your masters at when you submit them? Minus 0 0.01. That sounds minus like, zero point one. Say that one more time, sorry. Minus zero point one. Okay, it sounds like the new coronavirus uh, death rate. <laughs> I watched. I was watching last night when I was trying to stop working. It's like wow, it, it went from like five percent down to zero point zero zero one or something. It's like wow, when did that happen? Nobody told us, huh? which is a good good news. Um, wow. Obviously, not good news if you're a family member of somebody that was in that percentage, but uh, good overall. Yeah. Um, do you ever submit directly to ad agencies? Yeah. Um, hang on a second. Their minimum number is there a minimum number of vocal lines needed in a song to qualify for SAG ads? No. Oh, I, I'm I'm not familiar with their rules, really. Yeah. I think. Uh, I don't, does it have to do with that? I mean, we've seen things where it's only our song, and it's just tons and tons of lyrics, and uh, you know that it doesn't. Uh, I think it's just how they work it into their budget, or not. Um, somebody's asking: In today's market, is there ever a platform to submit something not broadcast quality? I want to clarify because I saw this question being talked about in the chat room before. Um, this lady is asking: I mean, Nancy, in the ad advertising world, no, they want to hear it pretty much ready to go. Um, but yeah, in the record world, obviously, people are open to hearing demos. In the um, advertising world. It, is it fair to say, guys, that it's extremely rare? I think it's rare in the record version. I think these days, when you send in a song, whether it's to a recording artist or an ad agency or someone that's going to pitch the song, that's what it is. I mean, the demos, and there's no such thing in our world, there's no such, in my world, there's no such thing as demos. There may be demos at some level, but I'm not, I haven't seen anything like that like when we send a demo to someone that sounds like a record it sounds yeah done. yeah that's the main thing yeah, we, we, we might get asked for a, a demo you know for some ad where you know we write for it but they call it a demo but we do it as fully produced as we possibly can because we don't want to leave anything to doubt right and that's actually a good thing to share, which is that, you know, do it at the, the high, you know, the highest level that you can. If you're capable of making it sound like a record, then do it. Yeah. You know, don't do two levels of work. Do one. You know, be great. Do, do it as great as you can possibly do it within the time that you have, you know. And we just sent a demo out uh, just a couple of days ago, which got placed, and it was um, for an artist. And that song, I think I worked... Uh, I think I worked a couple of days on it. Uh, Nate and Kaylee wrote the song. We knew we had an opportunity. They got it to me like in a day, you know, and then that was the one I mentioned earlier. I wanted the, the chorus to be twice as quick and, you know, we, we worked on it together and knocked that thing out and that demo sounds like it could be on the radio today. You know, this is, you know that, yeah. that's the way to do it, I would say. Yeah. You know. Rob, totally off talk topic, but... 
the other day I was in the middle of doing a taxi TV and I was trying to reference an artist for something. And I kept saying, you know, it's that guy who was one of the dancers on Dancing with the Stars. Rob did a record with him and it was an amazing thing. What was the guy's name? Mark Ballas. Oh, that's right. Mark Ballas, B-A-L-L-A-S, right? Yeah, great player, great singer. We had a good time doing that one. I remember, I love that record. I remember calling you up at, you know, I, I can't remember if you gave me a copy, if I went out and bought one, but I listened to it. I got goosebumps from that thing. I was so proud of you in particular on it. Um, not that he's a slouch, but, and now I can't remember what the, the other day I was trying to reference it to make a point, just totally lost it, like I'm losing it now. Um, all right, we've got about a minute and well, a half. Well, the point is, is to do the best you can at all times. Yeah. You know, and demos aren't demos anymore. I mean, I think we would be lying if we said we sent something out to someone that didn't sound like it could be on the radio. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you got to, you got to, it's easier to get to 10 from 9 than it is from 3. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody's asking a question. I'm just going to go ahead and answer quickly because I know the answer. Do you work with one ad agency or several? Several. You never ever put all your um, uh, eggs in one basket. Never. And, and plus, one ad agency might only have you know six big clients, so that would be severely limiting. Um, if you guys had to ask me, this uh, all three of you can venture a guess on this. I think that sometimes people think that when you submit something, you meaning kind of you universally, anybody, when you submit something, that they asked you to submit something, so you've got a really good chance of nailing it. How many other people are also submitting that are kind of like at your level and competitive with you? Uh, let, let's say, let's take the Coca-Cola thing, how many, or the AHA thing, how many other people do you think they listen to for that was it you and one other person was it you and 22 other people I, uh, go ahead oh i i don't know hundreds 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 with an s what's that hmm? hundreds with an s yeah plural okay yeah because a lot of times taxi members are forwarded for stuff and they go well when am i going to hear and my answer to that is probably never. <laughs> you know how many songs we submitted? We must have su submitted 500 songs and nobody ever got back to us on any of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, we, and, and people who work with us, new people, Seth is a great example, or, you know, uh, Greg, you know, we've got a couple of people that, that we're working with now, and, well, you know, we let them know we've submitted your songs for certain things. Oh, well, when will we hear back? Put it out of your mind. Mm -hmm. Don't ask again. I have no idea. <laughs> you probably won't hear back. You only hear back if they want something. You know, if they if they're going to take it, or they, or if it's mm -hmm. in the final two or three. Yeah. Like a lyric change. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like a lyric change. So so that's a great point. So now they want a lyric. So you're in the top. If you get that lyric change request, then you're in the top five probably. Yeah. You should make that change, and you should make it as quickly as you possibly can. Yeah, that's a great sign. <laughs> oh, well, you want a lyric change? That's not a bad thing, you know. Yeah. No, it's the best thing ever. It means that 100 people are gone. So. Right. 
Uh, well, thank you guys. This has been a very illuminating hour and a half. Uh, we're out of time, but thank you for taking the time. And also thank you for taking the time to do this, knowing that you had to meet a deadline on something literally right up until the, the minute that we went live on this. I, I appreciate it a great deal. Uh, and I can't wait to see you guys uh, when we're allowed to see each other again. That will be a happy day. Yeah, that will be a happy day. Um, what else I want to say? Okay, so for those of you watching, uh, especially those of you watching the archive later, we're going to post a link in the comments, or not in the comment section, in the uh, whatever you call that section under the video. Uh, I can never remember the name of it, but it will be under there. You'll be able to um, click on it and hear the music from these guys. And uh, also, we're going to pick out the person who asked the best follow-up question in the comments below the video we are going to give a copy of robin frederick's book shortcuts to songwriting for film and tv so make your comments the video will be up in about 10 minutes in the archive section um make sure that you ask your questions like in the next 24 hours so we can pick a winner um nate kaylee rob thank you guys so much uh, I, I can't wait to give you guys all a hug it's been a while yeah, it's been too long. Yeah. Likewise, thanks. Uh, thanks for having us. Always fun. It's always fun, and you know, I hope everybody in all the taxi family are staying safe and healthy. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. And there's that lovely theme music, not done by the usual suspects. All right. Thank you, guys. I hope you found that uh, to be enjoyable, educational, and profound. Um, I will see you tomorrow right back here at 4 o'clock for an episode of our Quarantini Happy Hour. Uh, and see you then. Bye-bye. And hit that like button. <laughs>